Hello and the warmest of welcomes to this, the 25th edition of Harmony UK podcast, all about the exciting world of British barbershop harmony singing. I'm John Beasley, celebrating this milestone at home with a nice cup of tea. Over the past few months, due to the pandemic, we've all been spending much more time at home. Our singing activities have had to shift entirely from the rehearsal room and the concert stage to the Zoom meeting and the virtual choir. And given the ingenuity and the skill and dedication shown by so many people in building, shaping and engaging our online singing communities, there really is a lot to celebrate. So why not put the kettle on, join me and raise a glass or indeed a steaming mug as we survey the musical scene. Cheers. Who cares if nobody else sings along? It's become apparent over lockdown that the, the heart and soul of singing, it just wants to go on, it, it just wants to continue. You know, there have been so many wonderful projects popping up here, there and everywhere. I would honestly say the whole of lockdown, I have lived the collective. We are a family now which is brilliant. We get to see pictures of pets and holidays and it's lovely. The biggest event for the year for me has always been Harmony College. I'm really sad that it's not happening in terms of a face-to-face -face event, but I'm really happy that we've managed to keep it, you know, in going in some format such as uh, online. <laughs> I guess sort of the persona that I have around barbershop and around convention centres is one that does feel quite nerdy and into little factoids and fun things. But I'm a lot more mellow in real life and a lot more boring, probably. Yes, in this next hour or so, we'll hear about exciting plans from labs for a three-day online convention this autumn. Uh, we'll discover what lies behind the success of the worldwide singing phenomenon known to you and me as the Collective Virtual Choir. Babs is planning its first online Harmony College, more about that, and singer and arranger Sam Hubbard tells us what it's like to be portrayed on TV as a bit of a nerd. But first, it was the beacon that kept many of us going, at least for a while. Uh, when the lockdown started in March and summer events began to fall by the wayside, the October convention of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers seemed the one bright spot on the horizon. Surely we thought the Covid pandemic would be over by then. Well, we now know that it isn't, and labs are duly moving their three-day gathering online, with, we're told, some exciting new ventures to replace the traditional chorus and quartet competitions, which for obvious reasons can't take place. We'll hear more on that shortly from Sam Wallace, the Labs Events Director. She joined me on a Zoom call with Rita Hewlands, the Communications and Marketing Director, and I began by asking Rita to outline Labs' online journey through the pandemic so far. I think that uh, when lockdown hit, there was a bit of a kind of a, a feeling of being stunned for quite a period of time. And we began to see our clubs making their presence known online. And, and we had a request from a, one of our club members saying, why aren't we singing? We've got all these pole cats. Why can't we sing? Um, and I think that really kind of geared us into motion and left us with the idea that we needed to have something which was fun, that involved lots of singing and that was easy to produce so that uh, it didn't become a chore in its own right. Um, and from that, we ended up with uh, Labs Interactive. We chose our the, the managing director of our champion chorus, Amishnav Capella, uh, to lead it. But we, we just kind of try and pack it as something short and sharp, 45 minutes, 50 minutes tops, and pack it with as much fun as possible because we were, were aware that uh, what our members needed was to be reminded of what fun singing could be and how great it was to be in part of a community with the same goals in mind of, of singing for pleasure. So for you, short, sharp works better than, than a long one and a half or, or, or two hour Zoom meeting, which is what quite a lot of choruses do for their own rehearsals, isn't it? 
Absolutely. We very much have our boundaries of 45 minutes so that we allow any overlap to take us into 50 minutes. Uh, we've never gone over an hour. And believe me, there's been some temptations. Yet yeah, there's so much that's happening now today that there's so much that is stretched out because of the, uh, the situations we find ourselves in. We find ourselves uh, either with too little time because we're working our backsides off or too much time because we're being the safe people who are being instructed to stay at home or go out as little as possible. So for people to have that injection of energy, uh, I think has been uh, invaluable. And it's it's been one of the things that we've been complimented on very much for what we've produced so far. And we've had five so far. One of the things that that's struck me is, is the innovation that goes into some of, and the detail that goes into some of your sessions. And people, of course, can find them on your social media. But I was looking at one, for example, where you were looking at performance. But bearing in mind that a lot of people have to wear face masks in, in this day and age, you were looking at performance with the eyes, just the mm. eyes. Yes, yes. I mean, who would have thought that out of something like this, we'd come up with a tool that could make a difference to us going forward. Every chorus member, every singer in labs and probably barbershop in a whole has always been told of the importance of emoting with your eyes. Uh, and now we've got a tool that we're forced to wear on a regular basis, uh, which people are finding is forcing them to be more emotive with their eyes. So bringing the two things together and getting people to see the value with or without masks in their performance was just a bit of a gift. So is this a conscious strategy at Labs then to make the very best of the situation and get the best out of it that you possibly can? Well, I think you have to, don't you? I think when we're talking about um, convention where uh, I'm sure we'll come to in the end, it was a case of this, this has happened to us. We can't fight this particular thing. We have to live with what we've got. But rather than just living with it, let's make it a benefit. The other thing that, that struck me again, and it's something that I've not really seen on, online before from a barbershop course, perhaps I've missed one or two, but make your own kind of music. You had a large number of people doing pretty well the whole song in, in British Sign Language, which I, I thought was wonderfully inclusive. Wow, exactly. The song Make Your Own Kind of Music is very much something that embraces differences and celebrates differences. And uh, the idea of people whose hobby relies on the sound of our voices to expand that to involve people who can't actually hear the sound but can enjoy the performance, uh, it, it was an absolute gift again to us. We've had choruses in the past who've used sign language to supplement their performances. And when we were looking for different and innovative things to do with uh, Labs Interactive, this was one of the very first things we thought of. There are other things that are on the horizon that, you know, uh, I'll let those come out as they develop. But, you know, we're, we're looking for things to stretch people, to give them experiences they wouldn't normally have. And to be able to sign a performance was just so perfect. It also, the idea that um, where you're in a, a Zoom environment, where half the time to make the Zoom work, you have to be on mute signing was becoming a natural part of our life like putting our hands up to be heard it's become traditional now to celebrate a success for somebody or to say goodbye or well done uh, by using the sign language for that very thing because it's something that comes across in zoom so we almost find ourselves put in the position of needing that sign language ourselves so it was a gift a tremendous gift too it also begged one question in my mind as as a visually impaired singer i sing along in my chorus and don't often get some of the visual aspects of the performance of what we do. It did occur to me that there may be people who are deaf or hard of hearing, who may not get the sound aspect sometimes of what we do, but while they may not join in with all the sounds, might, might enjoy the performance aspect. Are you saying that Labs choruses might, might welcome people who wanted to join on that basis? I we're always looking for opportunities to be as inclusive as possible. So uh, if, if this is something that we can uh, encourage clubs to get involved in there, then I'm all for it. And I know the lads as a whole will be all for it. I know nobody can tell you, tell you there's only one song worth singing. They may try to sell you because it hangs them up to see someone like you. The Labs Polcat Make Your Own Kind of Music, arranged as a tribute to the much-loved singer and music judge 
Jen Mills, who died last year. And now fully signed in British Sign Language, as well as sung in a recording that you'll find on YouTube. Actually, if you would like to learn how to sign along, then there is a handy instruction video from Helen Watson, also known as Flash, which can also be found on YouTube. But what about convention this year? Well, Sam Wallace is in charge and she says that it is going to be very distinctive. Absolutely. So I think there's an awful lot that you can achieve online that you can't always achieve physically. So we decided to take that that stance and go forward from there. And just we wanted to really take the best of everything that we do, usually for a three day period, carry as much of that forward as we could and then supplement it with all, all of the extra special things that we couldn't normally do. So we've started to put um, some concrete ideas together. We are planning to do a three-day event. So we have asked people to reserve the date, keep the date as they would normally. So that's uh, the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. We hope to dedicate the Friday to quartets and the Saturday to choruses and then a mixed bag, mixed, mixed um, singing groups on Sunday. I, I think it's become apparent over lockdown that the, the heart and soul of singing, it, it just wants to go on. It, it just wants to continue. You know, there've been so many wonderful projects popping up here, there and everywhere. And it really is the heart of our membership that is going to carry this forward. So we're looking to have three streams going throughout the weekend. The, the first of these streams really is performance. Obviously we can't run a competition. But this is a, a wonderful opportunity for every single chorus and quartet and club at large member to become involved in, in convention in a way that perhaps they sometimes wouldn't be. How do you become involved, though? If, you, if, if there's no competition, what, what other ways are there to, 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 to get involved in a, in, in a live convention? Well, I think this is the thing. It opens it up enormously. We're basically asking everybody to have a think about what they can contribute and to use this as an opportunity to communicate with the rest of labs and tell us what they're all about. So on a chorus level, that could be um, an award winning performance. It could be a new virtual performance because some clubs have super techie wizard people in and they can and put these things together but but not everyone can and so we're not expecting everyone to do that it could be something that you know a skit a showpiece that they're particularly proud of it could be i and the, the sky is the limit really on on what they can contribute and it, it really is open so we're, we're we're addressing everybody here and this this is non-competing choruses as well as competing choruses so you mentioned quartets on on the friday choruses on the saturday what happens on the saturday oh. So on the Sunday at the moment, we're, we're looking at inviting uh, mixed groups to contribute as well, because there's a recognition that lockdown has brought groups together. And I think there's been a lot of co-working between organisations and we just really want to include everybody um, within our community. So, so Sunday will be, you know, a mixed day, a chance for mixed groups to contribute. And we've also got, I think, some, some summarising and some, some best of the best as well that we want to show people just to remind people of the best of our hobby really over the years so we're also giving people the opportunity to vote on the the best performances that they've seen across the board so best chorus performances best quartet best mixed um best international best you know and and really um open that out so that people control youtube and come up with a real mix of, of things and again you know that opens up to people that don't necessarily know much about barbershop or um haven't been in barbershop for long to say wow look at the rich history that we have here and that begs the other question, of course, are, are you looking for people who are not members of labs to come along and join in and take part as well? I think, you know, it's going to be a primarily aimed at, at labs membership because this is a labs event. But but yes, there will be a level of inclusivity. And alongside the, the performance stream, we, we're going to have um, an on-demand service, basically, so that people can actually dip in and out and view things that they've missed going forward. So, yeah, I think there, there will be an element of, yes, this is open, really. I think, Rita, you might be able to say a little bit more about that. It really is, as Sam said, I, I was crushed when we had to um, decide that we weren't going to run convention this year. I was, I was crushed uh, because I think that mentally, um, leading up to that point, I pushed everything that lockdown was throwing at us aside because it's fine, because we'll have convention and it, it will be the best one. Uh, and everybody else is, was having to be cancelled but ours would be fine because it's far enough away. And then it wasn't. The idea of involving clubs who don't traditionally join in with the convention 
uh, was a, a huge thing for me. Uh, and I think that's a huge thing from all of the stuff we've done online. The, the ability to involve people who normally can't get involved uh, is very important to us. As Sam said, the contribution to replace the competitive element is about that five minutes of fame on the stage. So every, every active club, every active quartet is given the gift of that five minutes to express their personality. There won't be any judging in the conventional sense. And until we see the amount we're getting through, we may or may not decide that there'd be voting on, on popularity and you know the best humorous one, the best live performance, the best virtual performance or whatever. That kind of decision making is going to happen once we see what comes in. It's very, very chicken and egg over the next few months. But the key thing for us is to involve people in labs who don't normally get involved. But wherever it's feasible and proper to do so, we'll be live broadcasting. And that live broadcast will be open to anybody who's got an interest in barbershop and wants to take part in the day. Well, I wish you well with it. It all sounds extremely exciting. And I'm sure lots of us will be tuning in for it across that uh, weekend in October. Can I ask you more generally? I mean, we've been at this now... Oh, almost six months, I suppose, really, since since we really became aware of coronavirus. Do you think that the amount of work that's been going on online and the way that things have, have developed since March has changed the relationship between organisations like Labs or, or Babs or Region 31 and their individual members? Has it, has it changed what members expect of their organisation? I think it's changed the visibility of the organizations i think that in the past we were there and we were supporting and we were very apparent to people who took part physically in events we were there when they had problems or challenges or where we had a specific offering but we weren't there all the time online speaking from the board perspective i think we've put more into everything that we give to our members over this period and I think as a result, we're getting so much more in the way of positive feedback. Uh, I, I hope very much, and I, I think we see evidence of this, that it's given us an opportunity to reach out to the different organisations as well and see where we can help each other and support each other in, in what we're doing. So, again, I think out of um, really challenging times, we have the opportunity to demonstrate that uh, positive things are there for our members and will be there through this period and we'll be there in partnership with them afterwards. I think and, it's and given there... us more visibility, Sorry. hasn't it? It's, hmm. it's as I think we've said as a board that we we feel as if uh, we're suddenly visible to our members, whereas before they may not really have known who we were and what we did. Um, and all of a sudden, we're we're a lot more accessible, and we're able to reach out to to clubs and individuals, and they're able to to ask us questions directly. And I think that's something that we would like to continue. Um, going forward you know it when, if and when things get back to normal there's absolutely no reason why we should go back to being this aloof um, group of people and no, no one really knows what we get up to I think opening up that level of communication has actually been a really really positive thing and I would say the same between organizations as well it, it could be a, a, a massive and, and wonderful opportunity actually going forward. Sam Wallace and Rita Hewlands from the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. Uh, their virtual convention takes place at the end of October and I do have to admire their determination always to seek out the opportunities presented by the current restrictions rather than dwelling on the drawbacks. Uh, we'll be hearing a little later from Babs, the British Association of Barbershop Singers, about how they are taking their Harmony College online in November. But before that, let's turn here on Harmony UK podcast to a musical phenomenon that back in March when the lockdown started few would have predicted I do a quite a few different musical groups. I'm the director of uh, Tuxedo Junction uh, Babs Chorus, and I run a community choir and a mixed uh, chorus lux a cappella. And obviously I have a school choir and I do so many singing things that in one fell swoop, all of the groups got canceled all simultaneously. 
Um, so again, we had people kind of asking, well, what, what are we going to do as far as singing? Uh, and obviously, um, the uh, choral conductor, Eric Whitaker, had done some virtual choir things. Um, he lasted, well, I think, quite a few years ago now, maybe 2012, 2013. So he was kind of the first person to do that. Um, so someone just said to me, why don't you do one? And I was like, why not? How hard can it be? Simon Lubkowski, founder of the Collective Virtual Choir. When he last spoke to the podcast at the end of March, he'd been overwhelmed by the response. Around 300 singers in 30 countries had contacted him. Well, five months on, and the number of singers involved in the collective has multiplied almost tenfold. For some, during the lockdown, it's become almost a way of life, with education sessions, friendship, and literally hundreds of group rehearsals to accompany the songs at its core. There's even a new collective youth choir. Well, to understand why life in the collective appeals to so many people, I brought three singers together from three different continents on Zoom to share their experiences. In a moment, we'll hear from Canada and Mike Schilder, and from Laura Hall, who's based in Scotland. But first, let's meet a singer from South Africa. OK, well, Tuesday Houston from Cape Town. Under normal circumstances, I sing with the Philharmonia Choir of Cape Town, which is a very large, old, established choir, and we do quite a diverse and challenging repertoire of music. Um, we're currently working on Mozart's Requiem, and we were going to do Beethoven's Missa Solemnis later this year, but I think that's been put on hold. Something that did change is I've, I was singing alto with them, and then since joining the collective, I've actually switched to tenor, and subsequently switched within the Philharmonia Choir as well. I decided I actually far prefer singing tenor, which I it had never occurred to me to make that switch before. So, and that came purely from from singing with the collective, did it? That that realization that there was a part you. Preferred. It was. It was actually during the first recording session. I started with the collective from One Voice, and when I was doing the recording sessions for One Voice and actually listening to myself and feeling incredibly uncomfortable, you know, I could hit the notes within the alto range, but it just felt uncomfortable and, and sounded quite hollow. You know, it didn't, and it, it bothered me. And that's when I decided to switch and, and really, really happy with that. Uh, and Mike, you're in Canada, aren't you? Yes, Ottawa, Canada. I was not part of a choir before joining this, uh, but my main hobby had always been musical theater. And even more so than I think the choral groups, a theater just shut down. Theater at its heart is, is an exercise in lots of people in cramped conditions, the audience and cast. So uh, I didn't have a lot of outlets for, for singing and performing and so on. And a friend of mine who also does theater uh, had joined the collective and she, she sort of said like, oh, they're, you know, this collective, they're starting a new song soon. Here's the login, here's the sign up page if any of my friends want to jump in. I went like, you know what, like, wait, why not? Um, and especially because they were doing a show tune. Um, uh, you know, so, so I already had a connection to the show. I'd seen the show. Um, and and uh, so there's, there's, to me, it's not only just singing, but there's a very clear performance impact from that song as well. Well, if you're wondering which show tune Mike was referring to, it's this. From the Tony award-winning Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen, the song You Will Be Found. Though Mike is not singing on this particular recording. Uh, we'll find out why in a moment as we return to the discussion. And our third uh, contributor to this conversation is uh, Laura Hall in Scotland. And Laura, you, you're the one here from the barbershop background. I am indeed. I'm mad for barbershop. I sing with Endeavour mixed chorus, and I have my own mixed chorus in Aberdeen up to Heido. I love travelling to Harmony College and convention, and yeah, so lucky to have found the collective. I've been on the project since Dover. I saw Simon posted an advert on the Babs page and uh, he messaged me and asked me if I wanted to be one of his section leaders. So I have been on the leadership team since Dover, uh, always hovering around the tenor part. Quite weird to have the melody because I, I'm used to singing baritone, 
So I'm enjoying having a melody and being able to, like Mike was saying, act it out and have the full performance. I'm also part of the youth team. So there's four adults currently running the youth team. So every day I spend an hour with 30 children around the world, which is fantastic. Yes, this is the Collective Youth Chorus. Around 30 people aged from 6 to 26 singing this one song. What is it that's propelled this particular virtual choir to grow and develop in such a spectacular way? Tuesday Houston. There really is a strong feeling of connection, which is bizarre because it, it is so surreal and in cyberspace. But, um, you know, I feel like I really have made friends that once lockdown's over, I'd love for them to come and visit me. And if I'm in Europe or America or somewhere else, I'd definitely love to see them. There have been what feel like very real connections. Yeah, I, I, similar. They, for, for me, it certainly started as a, I wanted an outlet, right? I wanted to be able to sing something other than just in the car, you know, playing something, you know, you know from my phone. I wanted to be able to perform something and I wanted to, to sort of get captured and be able to share it with people. That's sort of where it started. But something the collective does on every session I've ever joined is despite how long it is, there could be 30 people in there, but we still do a round of introductions around everyone, right? And that sometimes takes half an hour in its own right. But it does mean I, I start getting a lot of names and I start going, oh yeah, you know, Bertie's from, from BC and Laura's from Scotland. And, uh, you know, you just sort of get a sense and Ilan's from Turkey and, and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, you start getting a sense of who these people are. They're, they're not just a bunch of little faces and we, you know, we analyze a song, we sing a song, we log off, right? So taking that time for introductions, I think adds a lot. It adds a lot, of, like the session takes longer, but it's much more of a personal connection with everyone too. You're making it sound almost like joining a, a, a normal choir or a normal chorus, because that's one of the things when you've got 30 people in a room, you make connections with most of them, and that keeps you together for, you know, um, through thick and thin. Is, is that something that's going to happen with the collective? Do you, do you think this is more than just a lockdown thing? Oh, yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. Simon's vision at the start was just something that could keep us busy, make connections, use our knowledge to help everyone. And... We have currently 2,700 singers from around the world. We have 2,700 signed up, but maybe about 800 active. So people might dip in and out of different songs and join into sessions. Some people might just submit recordings and that's okay. We're happy with whatever people are able to give, which makes it special as well. Just wondering, of those 2,700, how many of those are actually new to singing? Because one of the things I've seen on the uh, Collective's Facebook page is that you you have sessions for people who want to start from scratch to, to, to learn how to use learning tracks, that sort of thing. We have quite a few, which is amazing. We have singers from all different backgrounds. In our music team, we have a professional opera singer. We have voice coaches. We have people that are quite new to barbershop, but they are leaders. And within the singers, we have people that are in African voice choirs. We have people that are in jazz bands, jazz soloists, all different styles. And there are a few that are taking the first steps in singing since school. There was one that I spoke to last night who's in his 60s and it's his first time he's sang since school. I think it's not just the variety of people, which has been wonderful, but the, the odd little gems of knowledge that, I mean, you think you know a lot about singing. I mean, I've been singing sort of my, my whole life, including classical training and jazz training and, you know, all sorts of things. And yet every session there'll be something that comes up that I've never come across before. Somebody will mention something, you know, because it is such a diverse group. 
And I think that's fantastic, you know, especially where there's, it's not just divides in genre, but it could be in culture or in all sorts of other things. And it's wonderful that it's, it's a great learning experience. And of course, everyone's in different life scenarios in regards to lockdowns, uh, in regards to uh, you know the cultures of, of choral performances in their area. People who are in the States are just experiencing different realities than people are in the UK. And in that sort of social introduction time, some of that stuff bubbles up as well. You start to get a sense of, of you know, how are people dealing with just some realities in their parts of the world? We're not literally all come together on one stage, right? It's a virtual stage. We're still all these, these kind of separate, uh, uh, you know, real life influences. It's kind of interesting. I'm listening to you all. You're all enthusing about what happens, the, the actual process of, of getting together and, and learning together and, and, and learning your parts together and chatting and the introductions and everything that are made. It almost sounds as though that's rather more important to you than, than the end result, the, uh, the, the, the finished songs that we see on screen. Would, would that be cynical of me to say that? Or, 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 or is, is there some truth in that? No, no I, definitely. I, I, I think that's true. Right? I think so. The, the the song, like the song I submitted, I recorded it alone, right? Sitting in my bedroom because my bed is the most sound absorbent, you know, to absorb echoes kind of thing. That, that was not a communal experience. I, re I recognize it's going to go into a video, but I'm probably not going to see that video for a while, right? They're, they're, you know, we still haven't seen a friend. You know, you've got a friend either, right? So I, I know you will be found. It'll probably take, I, I don't know, some time. Um, so the, the, the musical part of it, in some ways has not really happened yet from a from a social perspective but the rehearsals have happened that's where i've gotten together and talked to people and uh you know shared experiences with people for me it's always been about the process um it's been about the learning it's been about the connections and i've always loved the final result watching the video and shedding a couple tears, especially remembering the sections, remembering the people and looking out and, oh, there's blah, 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 and there's blah, blah, blah. But that has been the main thing. Uh, the memories, the connections, um, hopefully teaching people things that they can take back to their normal lives, that they can bring to their choirs, that they can improve their own voice, maybe their own confidence, and know that they can go into a room full of strangers and hold their own after being on Zoom. So do you think that this will translate when, when, when you all go back to, in, in your case, Mike, your musical theatre, uh, Tuesday to your, your choir, Laura to your barbershop groups, is, are you going to be going in there with, with, with things that you didn't have before lockdown because of Collective? Definitely. Well, for one thing, I'm singing a different voice part now, and that, that wouldn't have happened without the collective. It just wouldn't have occurred to me to, to switch. I think because, you know, when you're singing in a large group in a hall or in, in a theatre or somewhere, you actually don't hear yourself. And having to go through the recording process, you know, I, I started becoming very critical of my own voice and learned a lot through that process. The one technical thing i think that i learned about myself so not just like i just love to get together and chat with people um but i've never recorded my own voice and listened to it as much as i have with this project uh and of course we're all critical of our own voice and we know we're you know we know we can we can intellectually know the reasons why we're critical of our own voice that only helps so much right still easy to be critical but it did cause me to analyze how i shape my mouth when i sing and something that i thought sounded good internal inside my head when I recorded I'm going like I'm not certain I'm beyond just not liking my voice I'm not certain I like that effect and it caused me to think like what happens if I tried this I did another recording with you know just shaping my mouth in a different way and as you know I still didn't like my own voice but I think the tone was a better tone um and it's 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 made me it's made me reflect on how I project a song now which if I'm right, it, yeah, I'll bring that to my performing. I'll bring that to, uh, to another choir I may join. But it, if I'm correct that that is a, a better tone for singing, that's something I learned about myself. You're all so enthusiastic. I'm just wondering if there are any downsides at all to being in the collective. I mean, you must get a, a rush of messages on on Facebook or by email. And of course, you're all in different parts of the world. So have you ever had, you know, have you ever woken up at 5 a.m. and thought, oh, my God, I've got to be up now for, a, for some sort of rehearsal on Zoom in half an hour or something like that? 
I think every single day in lockdown, I have woken up to over 100 messages on my phone. Um, the music team are fabulous, but they are a chatty bunch. Um, we are a family now, which is brilliant. We get to see pictures of pets and holidays and it's lovely. Um, the other great thing is if there's ever an issue or something happens on the Facebook page or someone is hurting or needs advice or anything, we all jump on it. So we have this way of contacting each other all the time. But I would honestly say the whole of lockdown, I have lived the collective and I've done so freely, um, but it is all consuming. <laughs> And over the future, then, if you mentioned, Laura, that you, that the collective intends to stay together after lockdown. But with so many people from so many disparate backgrounds, from so many parts of the world, I suppose there is the question of the direction that it takes. What is the collective going to turn into? Yes, um, we are not too sure at the moment. Um, <laughs> throughout the whole process, we have learnt as we go along. So there's never been clear plans. It's been quite organic that we will have a meeting and what do the singers need and how can we best help them? Um, so it does just evolve from there. There is talk about Christmas songs. There is talk about anniversary songs. Um, hopefully one day we can get together on a stage and sing, maybe with virtual elements for the people that can't travel over. There's a lot of talks happening. <laughs> and Tuesday and Mike, would, would you be up for that? Or is, is, there, is there a particular thing that you would like to see the collective do in the future? I, I, I love Christmas songs. Uh, I always have. So I, I'm, I'm up for that. Um, yeah, I, I, there's not been a lot of chance to travel lately. I've been in my house for several months. You know, the idea of, of saying, you know, like, we'd like to get together and we're going to, you know, we're going to get some big hall in Scotland or whatever, and everyone's going to everyone's going to converge on Scotland and we're going to do a big collective thing. I absolutely would be up for that. Um, there's there's logistics, obviously, uh, time off work, expenses and, and so on. But but I, I certainly something I would I would love to try and make happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that as well, completely. Any excuse, you know, being in another hemisphere is not going to stop me. <laughs> So we're going to see the collective getting together collectively at some point, at least if you three all get your way anyway. Oh, yes. I would like to say a huge thank you to Simon um, for his vision, for believing in the music team, believing in his singers, uh, believing in the process and dedicating so much time in arranging, in education, in supporting all of us. It's all his fault. I've said that so often in this process, but he is a fantastic man and couldn't thank him enough for this experience. I will add to that because it's another feather in Simon's cap. I don't think we mentioned it earlier. Uh, in addition to all the rehearsal sessions and so on, he's done some music theory sessions. So we're not rehearsing the song. We're not even talking about the song per se. It's, it's a good long dive. He doesn't rush it. He takes some time. He's prepared stuff. He has got material, little quizzes, things to you know help people along. Um, and it's things like key signatures and rhythms and, and you know, but like I, the stuff I really I learned a lot about key signatures, for example, because I, I you know I, I you know, people say it's in a it's in C major. What does that mean? I, I don't know what that means. Um, and I've learned a lot more about what that means. Right. So I, I and 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 you know Simon's just willing to t take the time to put out a session and say, come in, learn about key signatures. Yeah, no, what, what I was going to say, which I think leads on from that as well, is during these, what are very stressful times for a lot of people, and you see on social media, a lot of people can get very nasty and bitchy very quickly. Um, you know, and there's a lot of trolls out there. And between Simon and the music team, they managed to keep it incredibly kind and supportive and generous and warm and you know there's there's no space for nastiness you know even feedback on people singing it's always positive and helpful as opposed to being critical and i think that has been incredibly special to hundreds of people in very stressful times to have something that positive
the collective's recording of One Voice. My thanks to our three contributors, Tuesday Houston in Cape Town, South Africa, Mike Schilder, who lives in the Canadian capital, Ottawa, and Laura Hall from Aberdeen in Scotland for sharing their experiences. And as for the founder of the collective, Simon Lubkowski, well, his work is certainly being recognised. In May, he was named by Babs as their 2020 Barbershopper of the Year, and Simon was among five nominees for the same title awarded by the Barbershop Harmony Society in the US. We'll keep you posted when the announcement of the winner is made by BHS. You're listening to Harmony UK Podcast. It's our 25th edition, and this is John Beasley talking you through some of the developments in cyberspace singing, uh, that being pretty much the only space which as singers we can safely inhabit at the moment. Incidentally, if you're wondering what's happened to any mention of Sweet Adeline's Region 31 in this podcast, well, I'm afraid that I wasn't able to produce this edition soon enough to preview their virtual dream session, which has just taken place. But a visit to the Quartet of Nations Facebook page will provide you with a very rewarding experience. Especially good to see the way that Region 31 is celebrating quartet life online at the moment, and you can find out more and watch some excellent Q&As with the likes of Trailblazers, Euphoria and the excellent Don't Call Me Shirley. Uh, Once you're there, you really will find it hard to drag yourself away. And there is yet more online material to come. Babs, the British Association of Barbershop Singers, has declared next month Sing September. They'll be asking their clubs to reach out online to the wider community. November sees a full-scale virtual Harmony College taking place. Uh, The real Babs Harmony College should have been held at the end of August. And on August 30th, Babs Live will present a two-hour TV spectacular dedicated to the 41 years of Harmony College. Lots then to talk about with Dale Kiniston, Director of Music and Education for Babs, and Alan Hughes, the organisation's Vice Chair. But I also wanted to chat with Dale in particular about another recent online innovation, Babs Learn. Hey Babs, this is Jordan Travis here from just west of Toronto, Ontario, and I'm thrilled to be part of your online music education programme. I'm going to be running just a couple of classes and I'd love you to take part. The first class is all about vocal health. And the second class is the top 10 vocal building things that I have that I'd love to give to you. They're a little bit of vocal tips, vocal warm-ups, and things you can do every day to strengthen and build your voice. Hi, I'm Simon Arno. I'm the musical director of Meantime Chorus and London City Singers, and I sing with Trailblazers Quartet. I'm going to be leading the Arranging for Beginners class where we'll look at the first steps that you might make to create your own barbershop chart. A flavour there of the sessions on offer from Babs this summer. So where did the ideas come from? Uh, It was really conversations between people on the board, really, as to what could we do? What what kind of things can we do, given the restrictions that we've got at the moment? And why shouldn't education carry on? You know, we've actually got a great um, platform in the likes of Zoom, um, which enables us to do things perhaps we wouldn't normally have done. Um, in other words, bring people in from further afield, um, live on, on, on the internet, basically. So we decided to put together um, really mini, mini sessions just to provide some education during this, this difficult time. And we provided it for free as well. It was very much a case of let's just give something people to look forward to, to attend, to get something out of, and maybe whet their appetite for a bigger event later in the year. And you, you've gone far and wide as well to find people to, to take part. Jordan Travis, for example, is giving one of the sessions. That's right. Well, he gave two sessions on Babs Learn, and he's also going to be giving us a few sessions at Harmony College too. I'm actually right in the middle of talking to him yesterday about what he's going to be doing for us. So I'm really pleased that people such as Jordan and everybody else from Babs' side, for that matter, has given of their time so freely, because it's not just the time that you spend... 45 minutes on the air it's it's lots of time preparing for those sessions beforehand and they've all done a fantastic job the feedback has been wonderful i'm sure there's a lot of work involved and you can see that in the sessions but some of the the topics surprise me I mean, obviously things like um voice training is an obvious one but arranging for beginners is there, is there really an appetite out there are there lots of people sitting in choruses thinking god i wish i could arrange a tag or i wish i could arrange a song There certainly are, and that was kind of shown from the numbers that signed up to that particular session. I must admit, I I do some arranging myself. I'm very much an arrange-by-ear person. 
I've not learned the proper methods, if you like. And um, I sat in on, on some of those sessions and, and I was partly bamboozled by it, but I was also I also thoroughly enjoyed it and picked up quite a bit from it. And I think there'd be a lot of people out there like me who were interested to actually take it a little bit further and, and really try to understand it. And as I say, the feedback on that as well was also very good. When it came to Babs Learn, uh, did you confine it to Babs members or was, was, was there a wider interest in this, Alan? No, it was completely open, John. We broadcasted it on YouTube and we've actually heard of a few people from outside of the barbershop world uh, tuning in to learn a little bit more. I've had feedbacks from some of my friends who watched my session on um, basic music theory. And also I passed on the details of the singing sessions with Sean, Bowie and Jordan Travis onto my students at school. I'm a secondary school music teacher and they tuned in and they found that really useful as well. So uh, it's really great to know that we're reaching beyond our barbershop world into the wider musical world as well with it. I must ask you about another big thing that's coming up and that's Sing September. Alan, there's been a lot about this on social media, a month dedicated to singing and to Babs, but, but what is it all about and how's it gonna work? Well, the original plan that we came up with over a year ago now was to really focus outreach work into one month. The idea being we could have more of an impact if we focus into one month than trying to spread it out across the year. So we're, you know, asking choruses to do open nights, go busking on the streets, uh, do as much as I can to get Barbershop out there in the, in the public eye. And obviously that plan has had to uh, significantly change so now we it's more more of an online event and now we're um, as well as babs doing lots of things that i'll talk about in a second what we're really asking is choruses to see if they can use their imagination and see what they can do in terms of outreach whilst making it uh, safe so online outreach we've heard some ideas of clubs doing online open evenings and things like that and maybe it's just that through the month of course really puts a lot of effort into their social media work and things like that but it's really obviously plan a would have been go out onto the streets and sing barbershop we can't do that so plan b is go online and spread the spread the word of barbershop uh, throughout the month of september now in terms of babs as well um we're trying to do a lot of things to, to help out with that and to add to that so as well, we're running some more educational sessions, we're running some tag singing sessions with Tim and Hannah Briggs. We run in evenings with quartets, uh, such as Bagatelle, Apollo 2, and even Signature. The current BHS quartet champions have signed up to do an evening with Signature, which is just amazing. So our aim really is that every single day in September, you can go online and find something barbershop to do, whether that's from Babs, or from one of our choruses or quartets. We get in there, we've still got a few little holes in that, and so that's really why we're calling out now to choruses and quartets to have a think, what can you do in September that you can outreach to your community, outreach to the public? Sing September sounds like an adventurous project, but is, is this a, a, a Babs one-man show, or are there other musical organisations involved too? Yeah, we've, Babs is certainly at the helm of it, but um, we've actually managed to partner up with a few other really good organisations. Like I say, the whole point is to get Barbershop out there into, into the wider world and outreach. And so to help us to do that, we've uh, we partnered up with people like Making Music, uh, Music Teacher Magazine, um, the Barbershop Harmony Society over in the States, the OB1 SOV T-Straws, uh, and also organisations, SABS uh, in Spain have partnered up with us. And one that we're really excited about is uh, the UK Men's Sheds Association, uh, which is, <laughs> uh, it's, it looks like a really wonderful organisation. And actually its aims are quite similar to Babs's. Um, uh, and basically they, they get uh, men together uh, in what they call sheds, um, not your typical garden shed to do community activities, uh, to help out, to improve well-being, um, mental well-being, physical well-being of people who perhaps are feeling a little bit lonely. Um, and so it's great to partner up with that. We love the link of what we call woodshedding in barbershop. Absolutely. Uh, to, the, to the Men's Sheds Association. <laughs> it's quite a new partnership for us, but one we're hoping that um, will really develop over the coming months and years. We'll watch that with interest. Woodshedding going back to the shed. Exactly. <laughs> 
And then we come to the subject Harmony College, which should have been taking place at the end of August. And Dale, the, the, there is a bit of a substitute for this, isn't there? It certainly is, yeah. One of the things I mean, I'm really passionate about since I, I started on the board is the education part of things, obviously. And, and the biggest event for the year for me has always been Harmony College. I've been barbershopping since 1984 and, and every year I look forward to Harmony College more than I look forward to anything else. And uh, part of that's because the education is always really, really good. But also, it's one time when everybody really enjoys themselves together. It's very kind of close quarters event, singing in the dinner queues and all that kind of thing. So I'm really sad that it's not happening in terms of a face-to-face event. But I'm really happy that we've managed to keep it, you know, in going in some format, such as uh, online, uh, like Babs Learn. And as I say, Babs Learn set the seed for this, that we could do it and we could do it successfully. So what will happen in... November now, as we've moved the date, is we will have a couple of days of full streams of certain subjects and then, and also just individual sessions of, of other topics as well. So people will be able to sign up to attend full streams or just pick and choose bits and pieces as they want to. So really exciting times. Uh, and who's going to be involved in that? Have you uh, got your faculty sorted out for this year? Uh, yeah, it's um, pretty much the same faculty that we had ready to go for Harmony College that would have been at the end of August. And also Jordan Travis, as I mentioned before, he was down to come to us. So he's uh, committed time again to help us with that. So yeah, very, very similar team. We have a whole team working in the background that run each of the streams and they've been working away feverishly to put together kind of schemes of work for the, the programmes so that we can decide exactly what how we're going to put that forward to the members. Well, one thing that occurs to me is that normally for Harmony College, people have to register to go. They they have to pay, of course, for their accommodation, and the, some of that payment goes towards the cost of staging the college as well. In this case, will people just have to rock up on, on, on the day in November and take part, or is there any kind of registration process there for will it? Be, there will be registration this time, um, as there usually is for Harmony College. We need to control the numbers that are coming onto each of the courses. So with Babs Learn, as I say, it's very much a taster. And, you know, we had classes up to around 80 people on Babs Learn. Now, that's not particularly manageable if you want to make it really interactive. So, you know, we'll, we will be limiting the numbers to kind of 30 or 40 within a class. And people will have to obviously register to get onto those sessions. And for those who can't wait till November, at the end of August, there is, as I understand it, a, a, another Babs Live, a celebration of all things Harmony College. That's correct, yeah, and uh, it's really starting to, to take shape now and it's getting really exciting. Now that people have seen the first Babs Live and they get what it is and they get what it's all about, I think people have, we've seen more and more people willing to contribute and we've had some absolutely wonderful contributions and loads of them. So it's going to be, really is going to be a jam-packed show. And yes, you're right, there's a, there's a theme of Harmony College running through it, so we've got four interviews uh, with people who have had close links to Harmony College. One of those is Rhiannon Owens Hall, who uh, was at the very first Harmony College and has won our uh, women's chorus at Harmony College for a number of years. And then also guests that we've had either due to come or have been over recently. So uh, Steve Scott, um, he's featured on it. Uh, He was our guest educator last year. Vocal Spectrum, uh, were our special guest educators two years ago, and uh, we've uh, managed to secure an interview with them as well. And then also that man again, Jordan Travis, because he was due to be coming to this year, we thought we'd interview him um, and speak to him on Babs Live. But that's just really a small part of it. It really is a celebration of the best of British Barbershop. And uh, this time as well, we've had a few contributions from around the globe, which is really exciting. It sounds like it's going to be a tremendous autumn. I mean, we were talking earlier in the podcast to Labs, who've got their own virtual convention at the end of October. With all this and, 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 and all that you've been talking about from Babs going on, I, I think we're, uh, we're all going to be spoiled for choice a little bit. But there is one thing that, that nobody has quite managed to recreate, and that is the afterglow. And I wondered whether you have any thoughts at all on what people can do at the end of shows, at the end of virtual harmony colleges at the end of virtual labs conventions to celebrate in the ways that we we do when we're physically with one another in in a convention center or a a, a university campus that's a tough question (laughs) i I don't think you can you can't really recreate the real afterglow feeling of being there singing tags buying your mate a beer all that kind of stuff one thing we did find out about after the first babs live which is really fun is that people 
on on things like Zoom, started to host their own little uh, afterglow parties and were texting and WhatsApping links out to Zoom rooms and all that kind of stuff to do it. And one of the really cool things we heard is that because of the time difference, there was a lot of American barbershoppers joining in on those parties in the middle of the afternoon over in the States. I know uh, some of them, we announced obviously Midtown would be our guests and Midtown attended one of those afterglows. And also people like uh, Kenny Hatton from Lugosh Union uh, dropped in on one of the afterglows and stuff, which is just something completely, uh, obviously we didn't uh, plan that. Um, it just completely came up grassroots and it was lots, lots of fun. And it was really fun to see those those kind of Zoom parties going on really late into the night and uh, after the first one. So hopefully, and I'm sure there will, that, that kind of thing will happen again. My thanks to Dale Kiniston and Alan Hughes from Babs. Uh, the Virtual Harmony College takes place on the last weekend in November. And as you heard, one of the highlights of Babs Sing September will be an online session with Signature, the current BHS International Champion Quartet, which seems as good a reason as any to play a little bit of this. Every night I fall asleep And this is all I ever Yes, remember when music was live and came with an appreciative audience. Uh, Signature singing Dance With My Father and recorded live at the AIC Winners Reception in 2019 and now available to watch on the internet. Well, someone else who spends a lot of time watching Barbershop on the internet is my next guest. You'll know him as a talented and prolific Barbershop arranger. But if you were watching the last Babs Live show, you may have seen him in a slightly different guise, talking about past conventions. Back in 1997, Babs and Lars started to make plans to mark the start of the new millennium with special joint chorus and quartet competitions at Babs' Brighton Convention. These would take place in addition to the normal Babs contests. There was a fair amount of resistance to this new idea, but the unofficial response to that was something along the lines of, Yabu sucks today. So it happened anyway. Yes, Sam Hubbard, creator of the fast-talking Hubcast, in which he and we are awash with numbers, dates and stats. He'll be back again with another Hubcast for the next Babs Live on August the 30th, which, as we already know, is themed around Harmony College. Well, when I spoke to Sam about it, I wanted at first to introduce him as our best-known barbershop nerd. Then I thought, ooh... Well, that's a bit rude, isn't it? So I asked Sam himself um, whether he'd mind. I think that's definitely the persona that uh, that that I that I had on the show. Um, and I think that's sort of half half based in reality, and also it's it's half played up because you know it's all this is the TV industry now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess sort of the persona that I have around barbershop and around convention centres is one that does feel quite nerdy and into little factoids and fun things because you know, convention centers can be big scary places sometimes and uh, and sometimes the, the kind of nervous energy comes out as someone who's very bubbly and likes spouting facts but i'm a lot more mellow in real life and a lot more boring probably oh surely not <laughs> certainly not more boring but i mean you, you you gave us a lot of factoids and a lot of stats last time about uh, about convention and particularly about the joint babs and labs convention in 2000 which seems such a long time ago now mm. does does, um, does harmony college have such an illustrious history uh, yes we think i think so it, it's been going since the the late 70s it's almost as old as babs is and um rob foot and i are working on uh, kind of the the concepts and the scripts for this next Babs Live segment about about Harmony College's history and how it's changed and 
who the leading lights were in its early years and how it got off the ground and all that fun stuff. What is then your, your favourite factoid about Harmony College, if you don't mind me um, asking just a little ahead mm. of the transmission? Well, I don't know yet what's going to be in the show, so it's, so what I say might not might, might not even appear, but it's, it's not really a factoid, I guess. It's just more of a, a, a funny thing that happened. Was My very first Harmony College was in 2013, and that was the 35th Babs Harmony College and I, I I remember ordering a polo shirt for it, and it, it's you know the polo shirt is going to say Babs, the thirty fifth Harmony College, kind of on 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 the breast part of it. Um, but I, rather than thirty fifth, it, it said thirty five rood because the the little th that you'd have in in fifth was replaced by the rd you'd have in third. So oh <laughs> somewhere along the line, they made probably hundreds of these polo shirts that all said that all proudly stated the thirty five rood Babs Harmony College. You want to hang on to that because that might be a collector's item. Might be, yeah, it might be worth a lot one day. Has, has Harmony College kind of led the way in a sense? Because um, you did mention how unusual it was in two thousand for um, a, a convention uh, to be uh, mixed and have male and female choruses appearing at the same time, and that was certainly true then. Uh, Harmony College, though, has, has, has been mixing men and women for for an awful long time, hasn't it? It has for a long time, but uh, but certainly more so now than at the start um it it, it was it, it was initially uh, open to bad's members only um and uh, I, we we are going we we're going to address uh, this point i believe in the bad's live show so i won't reveal too much now i don't think but yes certainly um harmony college has done very well at at becoming more inclusive over the years and um i think that's down to down to people who who ran it, but, but and also uh, down to some women who, who who've been attending right from the start and kind of uh, were able to show very well and very proudly that that you know there was no issue with having a co-ed college for lack of a better word and that it would work just fine. Hmm. Has it changed much over the years, in in your opinion? I mean, you've been looking right the way back to the late 1970s, early 1980s. Um, so you you must have some perspective on this. Now. It's uh, in some ways it's changed. Um, but I think that the core kind of feel of it and the core um, purpose of it has remained the same. Uh, it, it's always been quite popular. Uh, I think even from the outset, it's it's been quite a well-attended event. I think in that sense, the kind of the scale of it probably feels quite similar. I think the biggest difference is probably the broadness in in, in what can be taken there. Because na nowadays, if you've ever been to Harmony College, people will know that we have uh, streams. So when you sign up, you can say, I want to do the the chorus stream or I want to do uh, the personal development stream or the extreme quartet stream, you can pick these predefined courses. Whereas I think to, to begin with, it, it was more of a buffet. You just kind of picked a, you know, a bit of column A, a bit, a bit from column B and whatever was uh, being offered by the people who were there. It's got a lot more competition these days, though, hasn't it? Because um, uh, Labs now runs a Harmony College more often than they used to, which some years is a is a rival, particularly for uh, women barbershop, as they have a choice of going to either. Um, for the past few years, we've seen Harmony Camp. I think that's now stopped, but that was another summer rival. And, and there are new things coming along all the time. There are, yeah. And, and you know, I'm sure people would love to do all of them. But, you know, it's time and money, isn't it? It's often people, people are made to choose uh, their favourite events. Uh, sadly, yeah, maybe competition is an interesting word because I, I think you know the, these are all things that seem to reinforce each other, and I, I think Harmony College still has a, a, a very a very set place at the table because it, it, it I think it it offers something that isn't easily replicated by any other event in the year, and I, I'm including you know Babs and Labs Harmony Colleges in that Harmony Camp. For, uh, as as, an, as another example was amazing and very very fun, but is but, but feels different and is it's out to achieve a different thing. Well, we'll all be tuning in for your latest um, uh, stats and factoids on August the thirtieth. Um, has this given you a taste for TV? <laughs> um, not really, no. <laughs> I, uh, um, it, it's it, it's interesting because the, the hubcast was was initially um, going to. <laughs> have a slightly different feel to it. It was originally going to be, I think, a bit longer and a bit slower and a bit more to do with, it was more like a sort of, I don't know, um, think of like TV sports analysis. It was going to be more to do with numbers and doing a deep dive into things. And I think because of because of the timings of the show, we we discovered that, that it had to be quicker 
and and so it, it became more of a punchier thing and it, and with more emphasis on delivery and the jokes and kind of the the feel of it rather than you know the actual hard content so it's almost a sort of a, a sort of a little send up of like youtube vloggers people who who film themselves in, in their in their room and post it on the internet for things so i i i was trying to play up to that a bit because I was filming myself in my room. <laughs> it was what I was doing. Sam Hubbard, who appeared to be in his dressing gown for the first Babs Live, it sort of reminded me of Arthur Dent in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for those of a certain vintage. Anyway, do catch the next Hubcast when Babs Live returns on August the 30th. And that is it for the 25th Harmony UK podcast. Uh, thanks to all who took part, and I hope we've given you lots to look forward to over the next three months or so. I'm hoping to have time to fit in one more podcast before the end of the year. And with live rehearsals and concerts still suspended, I thought that I would try, with the help of those who know, to trace the history of Barbershop Harmony here in Britain. Any thoughts on that subject, do get in touch either on social media or you can email harmonyukpod at gmail.com. For now, though, from me, John Beasley, thanks for listening. Keep the whole world singing and bye-bye.